If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV, Live Nations Friday edition, recorded, because Florida State Baseball is on right now. Knock on wood, at the time that I speak, I don't know, they're not playing, we don't know the score, but may, hey, maybe maybe right now they're kicking ass. Let's hope so. Let's hope that I'm driving, listening to this right now in my car going, woohoo, keep it going, boys. I don't know, we'll see. Uh, it's a It's a weird team. But nonetheless, we wanted to put new content out there. So Tom and I and Director Matthew got together, and here it is, uh, fresh Friday goodness for you uh, to get you through. Because some of you, you don't care about college baseball. You don't care about four-state baseball. You're just downright fed up with college and four-state baseball. So you're like, ah, give me something else. We have. Last hour, we gave you a bunch of football stuff, along with a little George Foreman. And this hour will be something similar without the George Foreman. But I'll have something that I deviate to. I will say this. Um, this is kind of piggybacking on sort of the same principle from the first hour. And that is uh, I was part of a I'd never done this before. A Twitter spaces conversation. I've referenced it a lot because I was on it this week and we really kind of vetted the whole health of the program Florida state's program. That is and what direction it's going yeah, there was the prognostication for the season, but also there was a look at quarterback, which we talked a lot about last hour. Um, and then in addition, the kind of thought was, do we think Florida State in five years is competitive nationally for a playoff spot? And all these things kind of came up. And it's you can tell it's the offseason, but it was a lot of fun. And I want to thank David Hill and Andrea Adelson again for having me on to do that. But it, what it did was it, it, it kind of spawned a lot more questions in my mind. We finished up that conversation. It was about 45 minutes. And you can find it online. David's tweeted it out. I've tweeted it out. But nonetheless, after we got done, I kind of found myself wondering, you know, there's more to this. There's more. There's a lot to talk about here because it's not just where Jordan Travis sits 
and ranks amongst the quarterbacks of the ACC and where he has to be by seasons in in that ranking for Florida State to have success. It was also about, again, big picture. Is Mike Norvell here four years from right now? Is, is the Florida State football program once again a preeminent power even in the ACC? If you just want to bring it back to the ACC, some people would argue, is Florida State even in the ACC four or five years from now? And how does college football look? And all of those things came up. And it was funny. I noticed another I, – I know, Tom, you're fond of bringing up the fact that he cheated, and he did. He did. But I still get along with him swimmingly. And I saw where Staples did a piece on college football programs as stocks – and this came up, something similar did, in that Twitter spaces conversation that I'm alluding to that I had with David. And we were talking about buying and selling which teams you would buy, which teams you would sell. Uh, who are you all in on? Who are you worried about? And fans decided to weigh in into his larger question. And, okay, it's a fun game. Buy or sell. Buy or sell with this Florida State football program if it were a stock. Now, I'll just cite the piece so that I'm fair here. Um, but the question was submitted, and it basically said, if you think of college football programs as stocks, not just for this year, but for the next two to five years, what programs are you buying and which programs are you selling? And so basically the response was, well, here are a few that come to mind. I can't do it with every program. Who would you – who would you say you're in on? And here's why. And I'll just note that of note, he viewed Notre Dame as a buy and thought that Notre Dame would be somebody with Marcus Freeman at the helm, uh, that they have a chance to take the step forward. You're going to be surprised to hear me say this. I agree with him. I think that Marcus Freeman hire was the right hire and is a charismatic, great coach who will do big things at Notre Dame. I believe that. That doesn't really matter. It's not necessarily germane to our conversation because I really don't care that much. That's just an aside. I, I root for Notre Dame to suck, frankly. But that said, he went through some of the other uh, programs and he sold Clemson. Yeah, man, I too am selling Clemson. I, I think Clemson's in real trouble, believe it or not. I, I think that there are warning signs everywhere. Uh, I think if you're a Clemson fan, you probably see them you don't want to admit it like a lot of fans of programs that are on a downward trajectory, right? Where you kind of go, Ooh, this is when you lose all your assistants and you have a coach that's stuck in the past and is proud of it. You're not going to do well in the modern landscape. And I think that there are going to be problems there, but that brings me to what matters most is are you buying or selling Florida state two to five year stock window, Tom? Ooh, well, am I trying to retire on this particular investment or am I just looking to make a couple of bucks and get a good ROI? Because You're not trying to lose money, I can tell you that. I don't think you'd lose money on our stock at this point. I, it's hard to. I mean, you know, uh, uh, I might have a little bit of interest in crypto and Dogecoin. You know, it's like eight cents a, a share or whatever. That's. I think we're, we're pretty low, right? We're not quite a penny stock but we're pretty low at this point, given what we've been the last five or six years. It's just been a plummet. So do I think that the program and the stock of the program is going to be worth more in five years than I believe it is worth right now? Yes, I do. Do I think it's something that I would put the farm on so that I could retire at 47 years old? No, no, I don't. That's not, that's not the stock I'm buying. I don't know what that team is. 
because you've only got me thinking about this exercise. Um, but do I think that the program at Florida State will be more valuable in five years than it is now as a stock? Yes. Yes, I do. It, is that yeah, too political okay. of an answer? <laughs> no, no. I, I, it's interesting. I, I'm stuck to – I really am because it would be hard, for example – not to buy so like let me ask you a question the best stock in the world right now a stock that he compared to apple would be georgia mm -hmm. they print money their fans care deeply they're in the mega rich conference they're stacked all around them they can recruit they're in the the best footprint in the nation to to recruit along we are too by the way yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of the things that helps differentiate you um but they're, they couldn't be riding higher. Uh, them in Alabama, they're, they're no-brainers. They're just, they're just rolling, right? But I would ask you this. Where does Florida State compare to Tennessee? Mm -hmm. Where does Florida State compare to Tennessee? Because to me, you would say both are pretty volatile, and the upside is with Tennessee. Well, because of the money. Volatile, I don't know. Because volatility means that they win ten games and they lose, and then they lose seven. You know, the next year they they've been pretty low. Um, Tennessee has been. If you look at the chart, and let's just say you pull up a stock chart of Tennessee the last twenty years. I mean, in the very beginning of the window, you see this peak. You're like, oh, look at them. They're fantastic. It's like Toys R Us. There it is. Look at Toys R Us. It's way the hell up here. And then, like, immediately it dips down low. And then for like 80% of the graph, it is low. It is flatlined. Florida State, if you're looking at 20 years, has been volatile. But in the last five or six years, if you're just looking, let's let's judge it by the window that we're judging on the buy. So two to five years. I feel like I'm on CNBC right now. But if you look at a two to five year window of Florida State, Florida State is going down. Tennessee is just straight down. It hasn't been anywhere. It has been flat. So yeah, there's a blip moving up after last year, a little blip. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you could still get in on it. And I think Tennessee is a smarter investment at this yep. point than Florida state. Yep. But I also, let me tell you this too. Part of the buy on FSU is I believe that their financial situation is going to improve. College football is going to change in the next five years. So I don't know that my investment is all about Norvell. I think it's about that. We're going to get that life raft that we so need as a football program. Better, better, because uh, if not, I'm investing in Tennessee before I'm investing in Florida State. Yeah. They are amongst the leaders in NIL right now. Tennessee is all in on this, and they've got a coach who's embraced it, unlike some of the other old fogies, and they are in. And I, by the way, agree with a lot of the old fogies, but it doesn't matter. You adapt or perish, so you, you've got to find a way, right? I do like that our coach is very malleable to this, has not, you know, he's certainly not stated publicly anything the way that Dabo Sweeney has. Mm -hmm. I mean, our coach isn't out here stomping his feet, talking about the way things ought to be. He's accepted it, and he's trying to figure out how to navigate these waters because you don't have a damn choice. That's where we're at right now, and I'd rather have a guy who just says, all right, guys, time to put your nose to the grindstone and get to work, and these them, here are the rules. This is what this is what the deal is. we got to figure out a way to work. I, I worry for Florida State that there's just not enough guys to help make it work. Yeah, I think that's a, it's a legitimate worry, and it's what we're all staring at. You're hoping that winning can be the key that opens the door, unlocks the door, right? And that's what has to happen first here is eight or nine wins to drive the belief out of the fan base.
that they'll part with a couple of more bucks to put you in a more healthy NIL situation that maybe you can maintain until the life raft gets here. Um, but I mean, that's a tough ask, especially when you're trying to invest fake money. And, and just a note, I know the financial advisor commenters are out there right now saying, Doge, why do you invest in a crypto? It's funny money, folks. I, I really don't have like that much. I, I trust a financial advisor. But the thing I'd say, too, is you look at a program. Think about the programs that we've been competing with on the recruiting trail the last three or four years. Sadly, like it's the likes of Ole Miss, Mississippi State, um, Miami, that's not a great team to be competing with for recruits right now. Looks like they might be on the, on the up, but uh, who knows if Ruiz's company goes into the ground, maybe they're right back where they started. Louisville is another program that we're competing against. It's not Georgia or Alabama or Clemson. It's Louisville, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. And if I'm looking at those particular stocks, I'm undecided on Louisville because if you look at their recruiting class for next year, they're off to an excellent start. Uh, Old Miss is definitely a stock I would buy before our stock and Mississippi state might be the only one where I definitively say no, I, I, I would never buy Mississippi state stock. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think you can win at Mississippi state. I just, I mean, not, not for any real period of time. I, I don't think so. I think you can at Ole Miss. Maybe yep. you can at Ole Miss. I don't think you can at Mississippi state. I'm just, you know, I, I'll leave it at that. that that's a toughie. Okay. Uh, how, how about this one? It's not necessarily about what the net profit would be because to continue the analogy, because right now University of Florida stock is worth more than our stock. There's no question sure. about that. But which one would have a greater percentage growth over the next two to five years, Florida or us? Because the situation at the head coaching position is relatively the same. Yeah, um, I'd still gamble on Florida if they're operating at peak efficiency, they're, they're, they're a safer bet than we are. They just have so much more to fall back on in the way of very wealthy alumni and ability to raise funds at NIL to win over and change their fortunes so much quicker than we do. I just believe that in terms of recruiting. That's interesting because to me, I would buy Georgia stock, Tennessee stock, Kentucky stock before I would touch Florida's. And if well, you're, I, I, I'm sorry, I must not have heard the question clearly. Of course, I'm buying Georgia stock over Florida. No, 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 no that, that's fair. I'm just saying that that would impact my decision on whether or not to buy Florida stock because I would find three other programs more in the division in the yeah. division right now. And if you look at the Atlantic, Florida State might be second or third in that pecking order. Like, I'm not going to continually buy a Wake Forest stock. At some point, that coach is going somewhere else or the dream is going to be over. So it's Well, the quarterback's that. leaving. Yeah, no, that, that, that's that's correct. Yeah. Clemson's value is plummeting. We believe that. That's that's what we're forecasting for Clemson. That I, think potentially, I think potentially it's plummeting. I'm, I have fears if I'm an investor that I'm about to jump into a sinking ship. Yes. But you're going to lose money on that investment if you buy their stock right now. It's going to go down. I think so. I okay. think so, yes. Louisville, I don't know. Like, because they could lose enough this year that whatever momentum they have in the recruiting trail is just completely poof. It's gone. It ain't going to be Boston College. It ain't going to be Syracuse. I know we're about to do away with divisions, but that's my argument is how many more rungs are there ahead of you on the ladder? For FSU, a little bit of marginal growth here, and you're closer to the top of the ladder in your own conference than Florida is in the SEC. So therefore, in a way, there might be more growth for FSU as a program in the next few years. I know that's not necessarily 
apples to apples. But if you're looking for growth, there's more room for growth here over the next five years than there is, I think, in Florida. They've got obstacles in their way that I don't think are going anywhere. It's a fun exercise, uh, I will say, because it, because of the nuance. There's a lot of ways to look at it. I do think if you believe that Florida State, along with some others in this conference, say Clemson, are going to benefit from a sea change in the way that college football operates, well, then it's all moot. And I think more than anything, as investors in this situation, we're not comfortable investing in Florida State is what we're saying. We're saying we're more comfortable investing in Florida State than we are some of these other teams. But that's not where we're putting our money. If we have druthers, uh, if we could look at college football as a whole and say, uh, OK, I'm going to put my money in these 10. There, there's how many teams are you invested in before Florida State? Too many. The answer is too many. Way too many. Yeah, like right now, USC is the stock that's the Oh, forget about it. Man, jump on that, baby, yesterday. But that's the one that's like Netflix a month into the pandemic. You're not too late. It's still going to go up. Now, of course, it's it, we're out of it now, and, they're, and they're, they're going down. But, you know, it's May of 2020. The pandemic is raging. Everything's shut down. Damn it, I'm too late on Netflix. No, you're not. You jump in and you get in there now because it's still going up. And that's what USC is. USC is a monster stock right now. Yeah, it's like Zoom. Yep. Yes. Yes. Do you remember, exactly. remember the moment it hit? We were all like, damn it, if we invested in Zoom. And if you still did it, you weren't too late. Like, that's yeah. the thing. And you're like, oh, what the hell? I'm like, no, that's still a lot of growth. Like, don't don't wait. Act now. Go get USC. <laughs> that's, that's the stock. Well, it reminds me of the fact that, all right, maybe you missed the window to sell and buy your house. And, you know, I, I, I Hamilton Home Loans, my guys, would they, they would have the answer for you. 844-FSU-LOAN. But in truth, we already heard from them, right? They noted that basically, hey, guys, it yes, you could have been in on this a little bit earlier. But the projection is that prices are going to raise by 26%. You still got time. Like, do this thing now. If, you, if, if, you, if you're in a position to do it, do it. Also, make sure you, you check them out. Hamilton Home Loans, of course, that's the legendary team of Chad and Shannon. I've got one more stock question for you, and, and it's going to get near and dear to your heart, not as close as Florida State. But if I gave you the opportunity right now to buy stock in Oklahoma or buy stock in Ole Miss only for two to five years, because in a 10 or 20 year investment, Oklahoma is going to win out. But for the next two to five years, as in the window where Lane is trying to put himself in a position to get another NFL job, or the Alabama job, or some such upgrade. What stock would you buy right now, Oklahoma or Ole Miss? Yeah, like long-term, Oklahoma is just you and me investing in an index fund, right? I mean, that that's like, that's who you're investing in. So short-term, the answer, and I think you know where I'm going to go, is Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I wondered, I wondered if Oklahoma, given that you have a little bit more intel on that program, as they're moving to the SEC, which would increase value, but – I mean, I guess they would go to the West and Ole Miss would be there waiting. Like, who's the better team at that point when Oklahoma arrives at the SEC? It might be Ole Miss is the better football team. Feels like the final score would be 63 to 56, but, you know, who knows? I mean, I, I at this point, I, then again, if you think about who Oklahoma hired, uh, I Brent Venables was right to take that job for, his, for the head coaching opportunity and the money that he's going to make and the prestige of the program. I just think he's taken over at the wrong time, man. This is going to be a tough go for them. And they lost a boatload of that offensive talent 
So this is going to be a tough first year. And you know how hard it is if you have a tough first year and the perception is that that program is not elite anymore to try to get people convinced otherwise in the next two years. That's the window. That's what we're scared of with, with my, our coach, with Mike Norvell, is that he got saddled with a lot of bad luck and a lot of weird circumstances. And now you just wonder, even if you think he's a great coach, can he get out from under this mountain of debt, if you will, right? Like now it's, it, this is really frustrating. I don't know. Can he? And I think Venables is going to be in a similar situation, not as, as unhealthy as Florida State situation, but with college football changing, them going into the SEC and the drop-off that's going to hit them initially, and it's going to happen this year, that's not going to be a great team. Luckily, they don't play in a great conference, but that that's going to be a situation where people are going to see that drop-off and, it takes a while to transition anytime there's change. So I that will be that will be kind of fascinating. It's Jeff Cameron Show 933 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com multimedia network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Salvations Friday, so I feel comfortable enough on 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, to bring this next story up. It is a story. It does involve college football. It's not I – can, I can tell Tom will recoil when he hears me introduce something like this. But, you know, for years in this business, whenever we had a conversation about what Florida State was doing by way of comparison to, say, Florida or Miami, um, we, it would be a round robin of slinging dirt. And I remember one day I got so fed up. I was like, oh, why do we do this? Why, this is so childish. Your team is filled with criminals. My team is filled with criminals. No, your team is filled with criminals. That, like, that was always the talking point. Like, we do it the right way. You do it the wrong way. Our guys have committed fewer crimes than your guys. And, and you know, whatever it might be, right? And at some point, like, it would always be cyclical. Like, you'd be on, you'd be on your high and mighty. You'd be on your high horse. You'd, you'd be talking down. And I try to talk down to Miami as much as possible, but we would all do this, right? And then, lo and behold, you'd wake up one day and you'd be startled by the headline and you'd go, oh. or once I broke into the business, frankly, I'd get a phone call from somebody and they'd be like, did you hear about so-and-so last night? Oh, Jesus. No. What happened? Nobody's dead? No, nobody's dead. Punches, okay. Boy or a girl. You know, like you would go through the whole process, like, what you were really doing was a process of elimination as to whether or not this was survivable. Was said player going to be removed from the team? Because in those days, we had a lot of good players. So any player that got in trouble was really good because we were filled with nothing but good players. And so what would happen is I would lay in the bed, the phone would ring, and my inside source would go, same thing I just said. Did you hear what happened? No. What happened? Such and such. Oh, that's not good. Anybody dead? No? Okay, that's good. That's good. All right, now at this point, I'm gathering myself. I'm thinking about the coffee. Coffee's made. I'm going to get up and get the coffee. All right, now I'm talking. Okay, so nobody's dead. Who is it? Which player? Oh, no, not him. Damn it, man. 
Is this a reliable source? Did you talk to a cop? Do we know who was there or not? What's going on? And then you would do that again. You'd go through, you'd vet that. Then at that point, you'd find out "Eh, that is a reliable source. He wouldn't make that up. He's been right every time he's ever talked to me. Oh, son of a gun. What are we going to do? Hey, did anybody see it? Is it on film? Like, this is how low we would stoop because it could just, you're, you're just trying to keep your guy eligible. And then you would get into, because back then it was all on the message boards on warchant.com. Uh, this was before Twitter. So it was in spots like that that the war of words would happen in on sports talk radio when people would call in back when I took calls. And it would be, you know, hey, you know, you've been talking about us for years and now look at your boy, look at your boy and all of this. And then I'd have to defend it. And it was all stupid. But invariably, there would be something that you can't come back from. You're like, oh, well, that's it. He's done. You mean you can't? There's no, we can't sweep that under the rug. And then, they, and then that team would have it happen. And then another team would have it happen. And then eventually, I just stopped doing it. I stopped doing it. I can still hate without having to compare which crime was worse, worse, which transgression was worse, which was. And at the end of the day, Urban Meyer was going to beat everybody. We didn't know it at the time, but he did. He ended up just having a team full of racists and murderers. It was crazy. Um, as led by Jesus, the quarterback. So we had this whole thing happen, right? It was crazy, but I used to like for a brief time when it was fun to do having the Trump card on the story, meaning that Miami kid that got in trouble and it's confirmed, did something so heinous that, like, there's no coming back. Like, I'm not even going to hear from these people today. They know this is as one-sided as it gets. There's no other side to the story. This happened. They're done. That guy's gone. This story, very long-winded way of me doing this for you, would be one of those if this team has a rivalry that anybody's aware of. But I read this headline, and I chuckled when I read it, not because of anything that uh, you know. It's pretty. It's pretty extraordinary. It's 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 awfully sad. But I thought, man, that would be one of those moments. Idaho State assistant coach charged with first degree murder. <laughs> You're like, well, that's it. That's the end of it. <laughs> Director, why did you cut to me? <laughs> that's poor timing. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That you, is the headline. Your setup, I'm like, what did he do? Did he like, you know, uh, kick a kid in a kindergarten? Like, well, you know, he was he was volunteering, got no. mad at a kid. First degree no. murder. You like, I, oh my god, you have gotta be kidding me! <laughs> I thought it was the best headline I've read in ages. Oh Idaho State assistant coach charged with first degree murder, placed on administrative leave. <laughs> you think? You think he's on administrative what leave? Do we, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? Oh, Wait, Coach Johnson's been charged with murder? He has, yes. He's been arrested last night on murder charges. <laughs> That's it. Like, whoever the fierce rival for Idaho, Idaho State is got up this morning, we're like, we win. It's over. That's it. Those sons of bitches, those vandals aren't calling it. <laughs> so here's how the rest of the story reads. Um, Idaho State has placed Devontae Neal on administrative leave, initiated proceedings to terminate his contract after the defensive backs coach was arrested and charged with murder. Apparently, it, it occurred some, somewhere back in 2017. He's got other charges uh, forthcoming, uh, including a Class two felony and a couple of others. It's not good. It reads as you might think it reads. Um, they, they had run. Now, for the, for the school's part, they said, uh, 
because they were asked, as one figures they would be, did you do a background check on some of these other things? Like, there's some things here that aren't good. Um, and they said, we did. It came back clean. We don't know what happened. That's that's what they're sticking by. Came back clean. There was nothing there. And yet, when you read the story, I don't know how that's possible. Um, if you go through this, it says that uh, he had been arrested in Arizona, um, that, that he had had issues. Uh, he was awaiting extradition back to Arizona. Uh, he was involved, possibly, uh, in a drive-by shooting. Uh, he was arrested without incident at that time. So I don't know how they missed it. Seems like that would be public information. Seems like that'd be something you'd figure out. But I just think the real joke here is in the old days of sports talk radio and trying to one-up your rival and then reading that headline. That headline wins it all right there. Assistant coach charged with murder. We run a better program than you. We don't. Our assistant coaches aren't murderers. That's the end of the argument. That's it. You win. That's just nothing to add to it. It's a fun topic. I would, I would say, just for fun, because I have friends out there at ISF, and you don't want to be associated with that. And you're saying to yourself, what are we doing? Jonathan Conrad's like, how the hell is ISF being mentioned here? Well, it would be very easy, obviously, to solve for the future at Iowa <laughs> At Idaho State, guys. It's very easy to solve for the future. Oh Brought to you by ISF of Tallahassee. For 40 years, ISF combining your vision, their expertise. See IFS, ISF's capabilities today at ISF.com. I think we know what we got to do there, guys. I think we know what we got to do there. We got to have to let him go. We got to put him away. Yeah, that's the problem here. You know, it's there are times, and, and we've all had this moment. It, the one for me is a substitute teacher in high school. And you sit down at a cafeteria table, or you're in a car with your buddy, and your buddy breaks the silence and he says something that you've been thinking, but you don't want to let anybody else know what you're thinking. I'm pretty sure Mr. Smith has killed somebody. I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure. You know, like you're sitting at the table. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Somebody had to say it. I've so, been wondering about it. That dude, that dude did two tours. There's no, he's killed a man. And I, I it might've been domestic. It might've been stateside. That dude yeah, it may not have been in the course of battle. He may have just killed somebody like a neighbor. Right. So what <laughs> makes me, laugh because that's all you can do in a crazy situation like that is I'm sure he had players underneath him at Idaho State or wherever at some point like, you think he's killed somebody I, I, that dude's, like, he's hard as nails when he gets I don't, ever, I don't ever talk back to him when he corrects you in a meeting he's got a different look man there's something wrong there I'd like there's something wrong with him I, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that dude has killed a man and then Today or yesterday, whenever it leaked locally to them, they're like, Jimmy, you called it. You he, nailed it. You've been on this since day one. Yeah. We were running those gassers. Oh, you yeah. You said that there's just a different sound in his voice that bothered you. It, yeah, you, and, you got it. And you know it. And this has nothing to do with a political figure because it's not a political figure. But there is one crime I've asserted that somebody has no, yeah. there's no evidence. If it ever happens, we're doing an emergency show. I don't care if we're working in a different industry. We're doing an yeah. emergency show that day. Yeah, you predicted it, and you've gone on record with me that you feel that way. So I will vouch for you when when the day comes. In fact, I'll wake up, and I'll do what I said I just did. I'll look at my phone for the news, and I'll go, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'll call you. He called that in 2013. Oh, yeah, my God. This is, 
nuts. I'm calling to you. Tom, wake up. This is amazing, dude. I just pulled up my phone at 530. It happened. He's been charged. <laughs> You'll know when your phone rings the first time and you let it go through and then it rings again. You're like, okay, I better get this. So your camera would not be calling me at 530 twice. You're going to wake up and you're like, what's wrong? Nothing. You got it right, dude. Go look at your phone. <laughs> It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the WarChant.com Multimedia Network. Check out WarChant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's WarChant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. On a Lucy Goosey Libations Friday edition of the program. I think that last segment constitutes a lot of fun with the Lucy Goosey Libations Friday. Celebrating an assistant coach being charged with murder harkens me back to the old days of the Jeff Cameron show where those sorts of things were celebrated and uh, we didn't really have to have caveats because people didn't always take everything so literal or nor were they offended so easily. But anyhow, that's why it felt that way. Now, here we sit. And uh, momentarily, I'll get to probables, but I do I do want to ask you a question for everybody out there. And I uh, again, this is pre-recorded, so I'll have to go back and look and see if anybody does comment on this. Uh, Phil Knight's going to buy Portland. It looks like he has uh, proposed anyhow uh, that he would be willing. Nike's Phil Knight, that is. Um, he, he's put an offer forward two billion dollars to buy the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, and he's he's aggressively efforting to acquire them. Uh, I do think this is a little bit akin to what we just talked about. Stocks. Can you win in Portland? Like, I get he's got more money than God. Can you win big in Portland? Can you get everybody to want to go out and play in Portland? The answer so far has been a resounding no. They had that wonderful run. Kevin Duckworth and Terry Porter and Clyde Drexler and others. And those teams were a lot of fun back in the day. Loved them. They haven't done much of anything since. And it doesn't feel like they ever will. They kind of feel like one of the teams, Tom, when we had the bigger discussion about contraction. Remember us? We were talking about contraction um, in the NBA, I think it was. You and I were talking about this very subject. We were like, eh, I want to get rid of the Minnesota Timberwolves. I remember that we talked about them. There was a few others we threw in there. I don't think that way anymore. Ever since then, Milwaukee Bucks have won the NBA's world title. Toronto Raptors, the Toronto Raptors won the title. So now you feel like you can't contract anybody because if those two franchises could win it in relative short order, well, then hell. I mean, and by the way, for most of my adult life, the team that's most dominant in the West right now, Golden State, was non-existent. Nobody ever talked about Golden State. They were useless. And now, six times in the last eight years, they've been in the finals. So, you know, things do change. They do. They change. I get it. So maybe I wouldn't contract anybody anymore, although it doesn't feel like the New Orleans Pelicans are ever going to make it. But that said, who uh, – can you – Portland? 
I'd think about contracting them. Yeah. Not buying them. Not buying them. So I think what's going on here with Phil Knight is a couple of things. He wants to keep them local. There's been talk about them moving. Uh, You have to keep Portland just for those uniforms. They're fantastic. Yes. If I was the Carolina Hurricanes, I never would have called my team the Hurricanes. First of all, it's weird. You're living in Carolina. Hurricanes wipe your people out all the time. Like, Why would Mm -hmm. you name them after something that kills you left and right? But secondly, don't try that logo. Portland's already done it better. They have a pseudo hurricane looking logo. You're you're never going to top that. Um, you can win in Portland. You just got to get that first guy there, and you have to pay him ridiculous amounts of money. Because here's the thing: if Phil Knight and this might open up a can of worms for tampering, but if Phil Knight owns a basketball team, and he could he could pay you the the maximum right allowable under the CBA to go get a superstar. Well, do you think they're going to get a Nike deal? And do you think that Nike deal is going to be absurd? Like, that's something that they'll probably have to look at if he ever completes the sale or completes the purchase, I should say, is you're not only paying a player under the NBA CBA, you're giving them an endorsement. It's kind of like NIL almost. You're giving them this extra cash. Phil will bring the cash. And the other thing I'd say is, I mean, look at when the Clippers sold and their value had plummeted because they had the racist owner that was caught on tape. Remember, he had the lady of the night. He had all the tapes on that guy. I forget his name. He's, I think he's since passed. Uh, but they still sold for well over a billion dollars. These are good investments. Professional teams are good investments. Don't ever let uh, an NBA owner or an MLB owner tell you that they're losing money hand over fist. Because that might be right on the balance sheet in the immediate term. But if they turn around and sell that franchise 10 years from now, they're going to make a mint on it. So yeah. I think it's a smart move across the board. Well, they're, they're already paying Damian Lillard $39 million. They're paying him as much as you can pay a player. And he is a superstar and they still can't attract anybody. I don't disagree with you. I just, they have the guy and they have the most loyal of guys and he's really good. Um, it's just, they haven't been able to get anybody else to say yes, but it's also hard. Lots of teams fail. You, you know, it's 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 not an exact science. A lot of these kids that come out, you're like, uh, I don't know. You know, no, it's, it's the other thing I'd say is again, when you ask the question, can you win in Portland? I'm not thinking about the even the end of of Damian Lillard's current contract. It's in the next ten or twenty years. Absolutely. If the Milwaukee Bucks can keep Giannis and be a contender on top of being an NBA champion, absolutely. Toronto, that was more of a rental but they're not a terrible basketball team. So you know, if those two markets can win, certainly Portland can. It's just a matter of if you're looking at it in a five-year window, kind of like we did at the beginning of the hour with college football programs, hell no, they got no chance, no chance, less than zero chance. But if you look at it in a 10 to 20-year window, when you got Phil Knight backing that enterprise, absolutely they've got a chance. You know, and if I'm being really fair, I should just, come here to our own backyard within the state and ask the question, can the Orlando magic ever win? Ooh. I mean, I, I mean that, that's, and they're not that far away from those Hito Turkaloo teams that went to the finals. Lest everybody forgets, by the way, I'm proud of myself for pulling that out. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, those were good teams. Remember those were good teams and it got to the finals. Um, but people forget about that team, by the way, I just, I, I've wanted them to be good for a long time and they're just, they're, they feel like they're just in quicksand. Yeah. Ass sorry. You know, every year. And then our man, Jonathan Isaac went nuts. Yep. Yep. That happened. He went went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and he's always hurt. So he's useless to him. That's a bust. 
Yeah, well, it, it's unlucky. It, you know, the basis of the bust is unlucky there. You'd like to take a chance anytime on a 19-year-old who has those measurables uh, and somebody who could, you know, do things multiple ways. We talked about it on yesterday's program with John Butler. Like, okay, good luck to you. Yeah. What did he do other than shoot? Like with Isaac, there are answers. There were actual answers to that question. With Butler, you're gonna have to wait a few years to see if oh, there are any you, answers. Yeah, at all. you're waiting. A, you're waiting a good long while. I do think that I never give up on a shot like that. But but you're right. Let's do probables. Here we go. Cue the music, Matthew. It's time for how you say with the pitching uh, probables. Cardinals, Cubs, Miles Mikolas, and Marcus Stroman, Nets, Reds, Josiah Gray, and Mike Miner. We got the Giants and the Marlins as Alex Cobbs and Elsier Hernandez. Never gets old. Never gets old saying that name. Guardians, Orioles, Shane Bieber, and Bruce Zimmerman. D-backs and Buckos by Pirates. Fresh off that sweep, flew back across the country to Pittsburgh. Probably not a packed house for D-backs Pirates, but they deserve it at least for this weekend, guys, if you're in the Pittsburgh area listening to me. Uh, that would be Merrill Kelly and JT Brubaker. JT Brubaker yet to win a game this year. Angels, Phillies, that'd be Chase Silseth. His name is also fun to say, Chase Silseth. Silseth, Phillies still trying to figure it out. Imagine if in your career as an announcer, you have really worked awfully hard to fight your lisp and then you get the probable sheet, and it's Chase Silseth that's on the hill. You'd think, you son of a bitch. That is that is that is an awful thing. All right, here we go. If Chase, hey, wait, wait, I'd say if you're the home announcer, then you'd say, what's his nickname? Is it Silsey? Because I'm just gonna call him Silsey. <laughs> Maybe it'll flow right into my list. Or, He's or, just Silst. Or, it or it could be Chaser. You know, Chase Sills, we'll call him Chaser. Chaser on the hill tonight. You know, he never, Roger never says his last name. It's always Chaser. One of the uh, one of the drawbacks of not being in the same studio is I know you've got your, your webpage pulled up, but I have to uh, correct, well, not correct, I have to add one thing. Yes. Oh, man, I blew it. I, you're right. Miles Mikolas. I want to go back to that. Sorry about that. Here you go really quickly. Uh, cards, Cubs, Miles Mikulas, Mik- <laughs> Miles Mikulas. You give me yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Marcus Stroman. By the way, in that Reds game, Mike's, Mike Miner is making his first start of the year. I didn't know he was done. Phillies don't know what they're going to do against the Silseth character. Uh, Tigers, Yankees, Elvin Rodriguez. Garrett Cole going for the Yankees. Twins, Blue Jays, Chi-Chi Gonzalez, and Yusei Kikuchi. White Sox, Rays, Vince Velasquez, and Shane McClanahan. McClanahan! Mariners, Rangers, Logan Gilbert, Dane Dunning. A good card today, guys. Astros, Royals, Jose Urquidy, and Brady Singer. We've got the Padres and the Brewers, Joe Musgrove, Corbin Burns. You know... It really eats at me. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Joe Musgrove is 5-0 and with a 1-8-6 ERA. you got to be effing kidding me with this. Oh, man. Corbin Burns going for the Brewers. The best two pitchers in baseball, I guess, are going against one another in that game. 
the Braves, Rockies, Max Freed, and Chad Cool, who's also unfortunately having a fine season for the Rockies. Red Sox, A's, Nathan Avaldi, James Caprillion. I think I screw his name up every time. I don't like your name, sir. And finally, Mets Dodgers. That is Chris Bassett getting the pill for the Mets and Tyler Anderson going for the Dodgers. And that, my friends, would be a look at those that shall reside on the bone. Excellent. Fun card today. Fun. That's a good card. Yeah, I think the uh, the most bland player on that card is the Mets pitcher, Chris Bassett. A very boring guy to watch, but effective. What's his? What's I've never seen Chris Bassett pitch. What's his? What's his stuff? What's his repertoire? Lower nineties. It's got cutting action. He'll pitch to contact. In fact, they say he's got like eight pitches because he's got four different varieties of all the stuff, and he takes a minute on the mound, even when the bases are clear. If we re-sign him, uh, he he's got an opt out, so we can re-sign him the off season. He will be somebody that is deeply affected by the pitch clock. That's how I feel about his pace of play. Here's what I just heard. I heard a phrase that I recoil at when it's used to describe pirate pictures because it's always used to describe pirate pictures, all of them, except for David Bednar, who is a beast. Uh, every time they describe a pirate pitcher, they say, oh, pitch the contact guy. Oh, boy. Okay. Pitch the contact guy is code for he sucks. It's just almost every time they say he's a pitch to contact guy, I'm like, okay. But here's the um, thing about Bassett. If, if you look at the sticky tack as a, a line of delineation, he's one of the two or three best pitchers in baseball since they since they okay. started out on that stuff. So the dude's for real. It's just that, you know, he's not inspiring when you watch him. You're like, all right, Bassett's throwing. All right, solid. All he's right. the outlier. He's the outlier. Hey, really quick, just so I can give this answer to my kids, and I hate looking at the internet for answers because I rail against the internet all the time, and then I turn around and look at it for answers, and I have to do so privately or else my kids will get on me because the second they see me look at my phone, they go, well, what are you doing? Why are you on your phone? So, anyway, because they get tired of me saying it all the time to them. So, so really, <laughs> really quickly, uh, who was the Marlins pitcher that had six fingers? Oh, um... Antonio Alfonseca. Yes. Yes. Six. Good job, Tom Lang. Is is that right, though? Let me. Let I don't me. know. It felt right. Yes. Director Matthew says it is. And uh, if Director Matthew says it is, it is. That's the way. It, stop looking it up. Yeah, that's correct. He sure yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I feel good. You know, I was going to say the solution to that with your sons is just to choose your own facts. I choose my own facts. <laughs> <laughs> Antonio Alfonseca with the six fingers. I hope he's doing well. Good work out of you, Tom Lang. Good work, Director Matthew. Have a great weekend, everybody. Uh, I don't know this to be true. Knowles lead nine to one if you're just tuning in. All right, be good, everybody. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. Bye. Peace. Choose your own facts.